0: Let's begin by asking the Lord's blessing as we come to his word this morning. Father, your word is, it is all that we need for guidance and instruction. The truth that you have revealed for your people passed down from age to age. It shows us where we can find grace shows us where we can find help, how we can know that we are kept safe and secure for all eternity when we find our everything in Jesus Christ. As we turn our attention now to your word, would you clear our minds and our hearts of all the distractions. Allow us to see with eyes that are made clear by faith, to see things and even ourselves as they truly are and most of all, to see Jesus as he truly is. We pray all these things in his mighty name, amen. There's no show that I know of that epitomizes the idea that you don't need any help, like the show, Man vs. Wild. It was a bit of a cult phenomenon for a while there, a reality TV show with a host named Bear Grylls. He'd be dropped in the middle of nowhere, some inhospitable corner of the world, the middle of the desert, deep in the jungle. He'd be left there with just a camera crew that was going to offer him no help. And in his own words, he was going to teach you the skills you would need to survive in the world's most dangerous places, armed with nothing but a pocket knife. Man versus wild. A show that showed you you can do anything if you're determined enough and have the right skills. That's the persona I portrayed anyway. Until in 2007, a New York Times expose came out under the title of this. TV survivalist caught cutting corners. It turns out this reality TV show of this man surviving in the most inhospitable parts of the world. Well, it turns out this man had more than a little bit of help. Uh, One occasion, it was told that he was supposedly uh, traversing a dangerous volcano with poisonous gases coming up, and it turns out the whole thing was faked. It was nothing more than a smoke machine put in a hole in the ground. Uh, Another time, in the middle of the night, he was supposedly being harassed by a bear, but it turns out that it was one of his crew members in a bear suit (laughs) pawing at the tent. Uh, the worst of all, uh, he was supposed to be roughing it for days at a time and someone revealed that he was actually spending the evenings, once the cameras were off, in a very cushy resort just around the corner from where they were filming. Turns out even the TV survivalist who doesn't need help from everyone, well, it turns out he needs a lot of help. Because everyone in life needs help. We all do whether it's something related to our parenting or our jobs, something related to our health or our finances, at some point or another, each of us will find we are not sufficient in ourselves, that we need help. That means that there's only two real questions left to answer. Where will you look for help? And what sort of help will you find? Well, the Psalms of Ascent, including our passage this morning, are given in the Bible to provide a sort of help, uh, a help in the spiritual realm to help God's people to enter into worship together. Uh, Psalm 120 all the way through Psalm 134 all have this same superscription, a song of ascents. Uh, They have this idea of moving up together, a a group of people on a pilgrimage into God's presence to worship him. Now, scholars are uh, not uh, 100% unified as to what exactly that pilgrimage was. Uh, Was this people walking up the steps of the temple in Jerusalem into the sanctuary? Or was it people journeying every year for the festivals to Jerusalem in the temple from the outlying areas of Israel? Or maybe it's even people walking from far and lonely Babylon in exile, step by step, looking forward to the day that God's people will be back in his place to worship him. Uh, Regardless of the situation which is lost to history, God doesn't tell us, we know the Psalms of Ascent are uniquely in our Bibles to help us to gather and yes, even for our hearts to be ready to worship. And Psalm 121 has a unique contribution in this section of psalms. Uh, The songs of ascent have lots of different types within them. Virtually every type of psalm that we've studied, you can find in these 14 psalms. Uh, You can find laments, you can find royal psalms, messianic psalms, it's all in there. But Psalm 121 is a confident psalm. It's designed to show you where you are to find your help. And to have confidence that it'll be the sort of help that you actually need. Well, my hope is as we study it, you will come to this conclusion that God alone is your helper and the keeper of your soul. God alone is your helper and the keeper of your soul. Well we'll see that in two sections. Verse uh, in verses one through two, we'll see looking up for his help. Looking up for his help. And then second, in three through eight, we'll see being secure in his help. Being secure in his help. Let's start with that first section, one through two, looking up for his help. Uh, Verse one starts with the occasion. The writer of the psalm is looking for help. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come The psalmist apparently is in some sort of situation where he knows he's in need of help. It's not spelled out why he is in need of help, the particular situation. And because it's not spelled out why, we are meant to be able to fill in the blank with all of our own situations. Times where your bills are bigger than your bank account. Times where your boss has that look on his face that make you know that you are in for a rough week. Times when your kids have long since gotten on your last nerve, and the week has only just gotten started. Times where life feels like it's out of your control, beyond your resources. Moments like that, that's exactly where the psalmist starts. He's looking for help, and where does he look? Well, that's what's instructive for us. He he looks up. He lifts his eyes to the hills. Now, it's not exactly clear what that idea of lifting your eyes to the hills means. It could be that that's a military metaphor. Uh, That would be, uh, you could think of, uh, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, that moment during the Battle of Helm's Deep, where the forces of good are about to get overwhelmed by the orcish armies, and then The pivotal moment they look up and at the top of the hill comes the riders of Rohan with with Gandalf to save the day. Uh, Oftentimes having higher ground is a military advantage. It, It could be someone in help would look up hoping his allies would come to his rescue. If so, that would be a military metaphor. I think more likely though is that often in the Bible... A mountain is associated with the place where God's people are to worship, particularly the, the place where God's presence is known within the temple. Uh, Psalm 87:1, for example, "On the holy mount stands the city He founded. Uh, the mount refers to Jerusalem. And what else is in that place of Jerusalem except the tabernacle and the temple? You might say, if someone is looking for God's help, no matter where they were, they could look up to find it. The second line shows us in verse 2 that this is what the psalmist has in mind, at least as I interpret it. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The psalmist comes to the conclusion that there is only one person that has the qualifications to help him. And that person is the one who made everything, including the psalmist, the God of Israel. Uh, he uses what's called a merism there on that last line in verse 2. He said, who, the, uh, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Uh, the idea is heaven's the highest place, the earth is the lowest place. You establish the boundaries and it includes everything in between. It's like saying A to Z. It includes all the letters in between. Uh, he says here, God is his helper because God alone made everything. Do you find any comfort in that thought? That there is not a thing that exists that God did not create and that God is not Lord over. There is not a T cell in your body, there is no nerve or synapse. There's no quirk of the way you walk that God is not Lord over. Uh, There's no extreme weather, no tornado, no earthquake, no hurricane, no sun shower that God did not create and that he is not Lord over. There are no kings, no nations, no armies, no thoughts of powerful people that the Lord does not know. And that the Lord is not sovereign over. Who else is creator of all of us? Who else is creator of all that is? And therefore, who else is fit to be your helper? That's what the psalmist came to this conclusion. He knew he was in need of help and he remembered where he could look for help. He remembered he needed to look up. There are many times where we fall into troubles because we go looking for help in the wrong places. Uh, What's more American than the thought that we ourselves are our helpers. We don't need anybody's help. We just need to try a little harder or research a little bit more or put a little more sweat into it. Um, I had one of those moments that I tend to have every now and then where the Lord, um, In a rather humorous way way decides to humble me, we, as a family, decided we were gonna do a little bit of landscaping. So we hired a landscaper to come out and do some work, and we asked him about this one particular project to give us another quote, and when when I saw the number, I thought, you know, I could do that. I mean, how hard could that be? I could save us so much money, take a couple hours, no problem. So off I was to the local hardware store. I just needed a van full of rocks and a couple hours, and I would have this thing done. Well, as I loaded up my cart and pushed it with all my might to the cashier, I was greeted by a friendly face who kind of smiled at me. and She said, you know... They'll load those things up for you if you ask. You don't have to be pushing it. I said, oh, I don't need help, don't worry. I'm gonna have this done in no time. I'm closing my rings on my Apple Watch. This is good exercise. So off I went. I pushed my pile of rocks into my van. I went home, I unloaded them, only to find that one load of rocks was not enough. So back to the hardware store I went. Another load of rocks, same cashier, a bigger smile on her face for some reason sure you don't want some help? I think I got it. We'll be fine. Well, it turned out two loads was not going to be enough. And by the third time, I had learned my lesson. Yeah, go ahead. Call the big strong guys to help me. (laughs) Now, the real punchline of the story is after we had completed the project, uh, not a two-hour project, more like an eight-hour one, and we totaled up all the costs of all my loads of rocks, We had spent the exact amount of money that we would pay the landscaper to do it for us. Sometimes you have to learn the hard way. We need help. You can learn it the easy way or the hard way. Brothers and sisters, learn now. You were never meant to bear all the burdens of this life yourself. When life is too much, you were meant to look up and to remember that God is your helper. Uh, there's another sort of mistake, not just looking for to yourself to be enough, but looking instead of looking up, to look around you. You know, one of the fastest ways to ruin a good relationship is to put unrealistic expectations on someone. Ever find yourself becoming possessive of a friendship? Fearful that someone feels like they're drifting a little bit away from you? Have you ever had a thought, I, I just don't know how I would go on if... That person wasn't there. None of us are strong enough to be God for anybody. Don't put that expectation on someone, not even someone you love. God's put them there in your life as a blessing, but not as a substitute. When we look around and put unrealistic unrealistic expectations on each other, It's a sure recipe to let each other down and ultimately to ruin good relationships. Or or consider the way that we look to the world for answers when we don't feel sufficient. We borrow the world's strategies to deal with the things we can't cope with. Uh, We we try try to use escapism. We medicate ourselves with all sorts of things, just trying to forget, trying not to feel. We waste our time, we we occupy our mind, do anything we can just not to think about it because the world tells us that'll help. But the fantasy's always fleeting, isn't it? And once you wake up from it, you're worse off than when you started because you were meant to find God to be your helper in that moment. Brothers and sisters, you have a helper, one that no one else will ever measure up to. No one else has the qualifications of a maker of heaven and earth. Look to God to be your helper. Uh, one way you can tell whether you can do, you're doing this is ask yourself, how often am I praying about the things that brings me to the end of myself? How often do you find yourself on your knees looking up? There's no act that is more hopeless if God is not your helper than praying. And yet there's no act that's more powerful if God is your helper than praying let's show that god is the only one that can help us let's be a praying people get on our knees and ask him to do the things we can't to even provide the strength we need to serve him faithfully well it's one thing to come to the conclusion that god is the helper you need Uh, that's clearly what the psalmist did but there's still a really important question left unanswered what sort of help should we expect from god that's what we see in the next section, verses 3 through 8, being secure in his help. Uh, now, three through, uh, 3 through 8 is made up of three couplets, three pairs of verses. Uh, but they all have one thing in common. They, they use both a, a different voice then the first two verses, and they repeat a certain word. Uh, There's a shift in who is singing. In verses one through two, it's all uh, first person. I lift up my eyes. My help comes from the Lord. In three through eight, it's now someone else speaking to the psalmist. He will not let your foot be moved. The Lord is your keeper. Do you see the shift? So from a different angle, we are seeing that you can have confidence in God's help. Uh, The other important piece is this repeated word of keeping. It shows up six times in these verses. Uh, The Hebrew word behind it, uh, shamar, that is uh, translated in the ESV as keeping, has a very active sort of sense of of someone watching over, guarding, protecting. Uh, It's not just a, a passive holding on to something. It's a very active word. So these three verses then show us how God's help will in fact keep us, protect us, guard over us. Oh, There's three different aspects of it we'll see in each of these two lines. Uh, First in three through four, we'll see he is tireless in his keeping. Tireless in his keeping. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber, slumber. The psalmist imagines his life as being a pleasant journey, one in which his foot does not slip or trip at all. Uh, why? Because God is keeping him in the sense of watching over him vigilantly. It's the type of keeping that a guard dog is supposed to do. Uh, I read about a very famous guard dog back in 2019. It became internet famous. Uh, this guard dog was named Lucky was given the important task of guarding a jewelry store in Thailand. Well, one day the police decided to stage a practice raid to simulate what a theft would look like in that uh, jewelry store. Um, no one was made known of what was happening. Certainly, Lucky wasn't brought into their plans. Well, the closed caption TV caught it all. In walked masked robbers with guns drawn, everyone on the floor, stick them up, give us your jewels. And the whole time, Lucky is snoozing on the floor. Doesn't even lift up her head the entire time. Turns out Lucky is a lover, not a fighter. Not a very good guard dog, though. You want someone to watch over you, someone that will be alert. They'll be vigilant. They will have their eyes wide open and able to help when you're in need. The psalmist imagines God as just this sort of always watching, always ready, always prepared keeper. He never sleeps. Never takes a cat nap. Never caught off guard. He's always ready to protect you as your helper. There's a second way he sees in verse 56. He sees total coverage in his keeping, total coverage in his keeping. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. This time the idea is that no matter where or when you are out doing something, God will provide you with Covering or protection. Uh, There's another merism here. Both the the sun and the moon. That's saying the height of the day and the middle of the night and everything in between. All the situations that encompasses. God will protect you. Whether that's the scorching sun that would burn your skin. Or those mysterious bandits looking to ambush you. There's no time of day. There's nowhere you can go. There's not a situation you can find yourself in in which God will not be ready to protect, to keep, to help. There's a third and final aspect of this in verses seven through eight. And that is that he is timeless in his keeping. Timeless in his keeping. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Verse 7 is fairly straightforward. It says he will keep you from all evil. And then the next line clarifies he will keep your life. Uh, Psalmist probably had in mind that God would keep him from a early death. No enemies or wickedness will result in him leaving this earth before his life is supposed to end. Uh, Verse 8 though starts to get us into a different category. One that the boundaries of an earthly life aren't enough to contain. Uh, There's another merism there. Uh, This time, uh, the going in and coming out, probably someone going in and out of the walls of a city. The idea being all of your activity, no matter what you're doing, God will be watching over it. But then that last line, from this time forth and forevermore, whatever this keeping is, There's no expiration date on it. It is a keeping that lasts, a keeping that even by implication must last beyond our stretch of years on this earth. What sort of security are you being offered, friend, if God is telling you he will keep you, he will keep your soul, he will keep your life, he will keep your everything right now and forever? Now, verses like this provide some troubling questions for some Christians. We see the promise that God will keep us from all evil, that he's doing that now and forever. And we say, wait a second, that doesn't seem to match up with the Christian life I know. Uh, It's not true that every day we are happy and healthy and prosperous. Not every day is a Friday for Christians, right? So what is it that God is promising here if he is not in fact saying that we're always going to get the best parking space in any parking lot we pull into? The type of keeping that God has in mind here is the sort of keeping that can be found on the day you were told you have cancer or on the day when your best friend betrays you or on the day when the pit of depression feels like there's no bottom to it. The type of keeping that God has in mind here through the psalmist is a keeping so much bigger than the categories of this earth and your body and even your emotions. It's a keeping of your very soul and of your forever life with him, your eternity. Uh, think of the way that Jesus, as he was getting ready to depart this world, how he prepared his disciples for what was coming. Uh, up until then, he had been their keeper. He had been keeping the enemy from being able to snatch any one of them out of his hand. But do you remember how he spoke to them? John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, Trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus prepared them for the fact that the keeping that they would receive would be one filled with many trials, many tears, and yes, many difficulties. Maybe even, and it's seeming as if their lives were cut short. And yet, where did he pray in John 17, 15? I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Christians then are people that expect God's help, his protection, his keeping of us, not in the absence of difficulties and pains and sorrows, not by God changing every one of our circumstances so they are easy, but by God changing us in the midst of those circumstances. God providing the resources we need to live faithfully until we See him face to face, safe and secure in his heaven. Many of us know that great testimony from Joni Erickson Tata, a young woman, 17 years old and athletic. She dives into water, it turns out it was far too shallow. She breaks her, her neck, and in that moment, her life is changed forever. Over 50 years now, she has been confined to a wheelchair. It's not because she hasn't asked the Lord to heal her. Uh, She writes very openly about going to faith healing gatherings, earnestly asking God to heal her, and yet, time after time, the Lord has told her, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, Joni has, during this long, difficult season of trial, learned something about God and his help she's learned that god has something so much greater than her physical healing or comfort she has learned what god has in mind for her is more of himself and more of his grace she would even be so bold as to say that her wheelchair which she's been in for over 50 years has been what god has used to teach her this lesson she writes Does God miraculously heal? Sure, He does. But in this broken world, it's still the exception, not the rule. A no answer to my request for a miraculous physical healing has meant purged sin, a love for the lost, increased compassion, stretched hope, an appetite for grace, an increase of faith, a happy longing for heaven a desire to serve, a delight in prayer, and a hunger for his word. Oh, bless the stern schoolmaster that is my wheelchair. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is your keeper. That doesn't mean that the trials go away or there's no tears to be shed, but it does mean That your soul will be kept safe and secure. That no matter what you go through, God will be leading you into a place of even greater worship of him. A place of blessing. A place of plenty. A place with fullness of joy. Because that's what you're on. A journey to joy through this life. Brothers and sisters, it's a hard thing to walk through a sin, sin-soaked sin world like this one. So much brokenness and so much difficulty. And that's one of the reasons why we need help. And God is not designed for us to receive help from him on our own. Do you know that the most common way that God helps Christians is through other Christians? Uh, that's the reason why he saves us, not to just be off on our own in some monastery somewhere, but he saves us into The community of the church, a place where other people who need God's help are gathered and can lead each other to the same help that we've received. Uh, As a church, we have a core value that tries to get at this. We call it loving community. This is some of the wording from that. We strive to be a community that embodies God's redemptive love by welcoming the stranger through biblical hospitality, By bearing the burdens of the broken and leading people to the one whose love endures forever. Now think about what this means. Someone joins your small group. Or someone sits next to you at church. Or someone goes to lunch with you from church. You already know a lot about each other. I had a friend that every time he started a small group would say the same thing. Remember, we already know the worst thing about each other. We are sinners so bad that God had to send his son to die for us. Now that that's out of the way, we can talk about anything. Realize that it should be no shock when another church member needs help working through some area of immaturity. It should be no shock when you come to someone and say, I need help even with this sin I'm dealing with. It should be no shock to any of us that we would in fact need each other and regularly lean on each other. Not in a codependent, they are God sort of way. But remembering that God uses the hands and feet of his son Jesus. He uses the church Brothers and sisters, it should be no surprise that you need help. I hope you'll pray. I hope you'll be open about your need for help to other Christians. But I hope, most of all, that you'll banish forever the lie that you are sufficient in yourself. There's no one that has lived on this earth except for Jesus. No one that was free from sin. And even Jesus told us again and again how he relied on his father's grace and his father's help to be faithful in his mission as the son. It's an illusion to think that anyone has the strength within themselves to be enough to journey through this life. Uh, I told you about that great survivalist uh, Bear Grylls. Um, That was a pretty low point when that uh, article came out in 2007 that showed that he had been getting more than a little help in his Man vs. Wild TV show. But you know what's the incredible? As I was studying him this week, it turns out even Bear Grylls has come to the conclusion that he needs God's help. Uh, Bear Grylls has—I uh, don't know exactly what his journey is, but. As of right now, he is a professing Christian uh, and so active in his faith that he was even involved with the evangelistic program called Alpha over in the UK. And he's been very open about the fact that he regularly asks God for help. This is what he wrote. He said, I really desperately have learned in my life that I need my faith and I'm just not strong enough on my own. I try to start every day by kneeling down and saying, Lord Jesus, I ain't got it all right, and I'm nervous about today. I'll give it my all, but will you help me? Again, I don't know Bear Grylls personally. I certainly don't know where he stands with the Lord, but I I could see what those words say. He's a man that learned that he needs help. And as Christians would we always remember that God is our helper, our keeper, our protector, and that if we are safe in his hands, then we are surely safe now and forevermore. Let's pray.